With the 14th pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the Boston Celtics select Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, Vincent Poirier, Javante Green, Robert Williams III, Jimmy Ogilvy, Brad Wanamaker, Daniel Tice, Ennis Cantor, Taco Fall, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, from the University of Connecticut. Welcome back to From the Rafters, presented by Bannertown USA. I'm here with AJ King. Say what's up, bro. What's going on, y'all? AJ King in the building. Appreciate y'all for having me. Anytime, man. So you want to just tell us what you're about? What team do you support? NBA team. <laughs> uh, I, so uh, I, I, get a, I get a lot of flack on the internet, especially Twitter, about uh, being a little bit of a NBA agnostic. But I grew up a Laker fan, grew up a Kobe fan, so it's been a tough week in my world for that for, for sure for sure it's been i feel like it's been a tough week for everybody in the nba like if you if you grew up watching the nba then it's just it's been a rough one been a rough start to the year absolutely so uh for today's episode i thought we'd go over all of the contending teams in the nba so what i mean by that is i'm not going to bring up the bucks because obviously we all know the bucks are going to make the playoffs right so i'm going to go over all the teams in that like borderline range and we're going to either go are they contending or are they pretending? You down for that? I love this, man. Uh, I definitely always love playing a little contender and pretender. So here we go. Let's make it happen. I bet. So let's see. So in the East, we'll start there. I feel like the number one seed through the six seed. So the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, and Sixers are all a lock for the playoffs at this point. I, I mean, I would I would have to say so, man. Uh, and, and at this point... There's such a cluster below the Bucks. You mentioned them earlier. Obviously, they're the runaway favorite, but it's hard to tell who I would even favor two through six, to be honest. I agree for sure. I'm a big Celtics fan, so I'm really pushing for us to get the two seed, but I don't know at this point because everybody, like you said, in that cluster from two to six could end up anywhere within that point. Well, let's uh, well, let's start with the Celtics because I'm, I'm interested to hear your take. Obviously, they got to convincing win last night against the Sixers but um you know I've seen a lot of people talking about the Sixers are even though they're sitting right now at the sixth seed they're the real one team that can contend with uh Milwaukee's length so uh what what do you say about Boston contender or pretender so here's my thing I think Boston is is a contender now hear me out though I'm not I'm trying not to be a homer here but (laughs) with Boston I feel like you have such uh, cohesive defensive mindset like with the Sixers yeah they're really good on defense but they don't have shooting and like with the Heat they have like one guy Jimmy Butler and they they have Bam too but Bam's not a scorer they have one clutch guy and like then you have the Pacers who have like Oladipo and a bunch of wings but the Celtics I feel like have such a cohesive defensive unit with enough talent in the starting lineup that it matches the Sixers really well kind of and I know you're saying competing with the Bucks, but my thing is Everyone says, oh, the Sixers have the talent and the star potential and everything to compete with the Bucks." And then their, their, um, their diss on the Celtics is, oh, the Celtics don't have a good bench unit. The Sixers are almost worse than the Celtics when it comes to their bench unit. So if people are saying that the Sixers can compete with the Bucks, I think the Celtics match up even better with them. Because the Celtics are, I think, 1-1 one one against the Bucks this season. And I'm not sure what the Sixers record is, but... I feel like if you're going to tell me that the Sixers can compete with them, I think the Celtics can compete even better. Well, I, I think it's I think it's intriguing. Um, Boston's always going to be in the mix uh, just because of coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad does such an amazing job with guys. Um, I think it's it's pretty well known that he's able to take teams that aren't necessarily star studded, but he's able to take them to another level. Um, and I do think Brad struggled a little bit with Kyrie Irving and managing his ego and being able to manage that type of star potential. So, I, I mean, I, I think that's something that you would have to, you know, knock on Brad. But this is a team of, you know, I, I wouldn't say a ragtag bunch, but it's a, you know, it's a team filled with guys that aren't necessarily um, number one go-to guys. And he's doing a great job, like you said, having him locked down defensively. But um, I'm going to have to disagree a little bit. I think they're pretenders. Um, even with the W they got last night against Philly, um, I feel like Philly's length, Philly's talent – 
Um, and just their their ability to, you know, get buckets when when they need it uh, is going to show out ahead of the Celtics. Um, I just can't trust Kimball Walker and Jason Tatum down the stretch of a game. Um, at the end of the day, when it gets down to playoff basketball, it's all about the talent. It's all about having those top tier guys. Obviously, the Bucks have the top tier guy in Giannis. Um, but, you know, I, just just for me, I feel like there's going to come a point where Kemba's going to have to get a bucket. And there haven't been too many guys in the history of the league that at that height, you know, six foot, six foot one that are able to get a bucket when needed. Even a guy like Stephen Curry, who has put in some of the best playoff performances from the point guard position we've ever seen. You're talking about, about a guy who's six three and surprisingly big and strong and can get away from guys at a certain time. So I just, I just fail to see it from that aspect. Uh, but I do, I do think they're going to be in a lot of games because of the way they defend and the mindset they have. I respect that. I respect that. And the big thing with the Celtics is they really don't have a lot of pieces on their bench. Like, we're the least experienced team in the NBA. I don't know if you knew that, but we have the least years of experience. So our average years of experience is like two and a half or something because we have seven rookies on the roster right now. So I can't I can't fight you too much on that argument. I, re- I respect the argument there. So um, we'll move on. The two seed in the East right now is the Raptors. What you thinking? Contenders or pretenders there? Another one, another one that is um, tough for me, and and a lot of this is tough because I I feel like Milwaukee is going to run away with the East. Um, I know a lot of people actually don't agree with that just because they haven't seen Giannis put it all together yet. But um, I, I think Milwaukee is head and shoulders above everyone else. Um, but if I guess I guess if I had to say the the Raptors are a contender or pretender, I'll go with contender. Uh, the championship pedigree, obviously, defending champs. You lose Kawhi, but they haven't really missed the beat. Um, I, I've probably been most impressed with Nick Nurse this year, the way he's been able to deal with all the injuries they've had. Um, at one point, they were out there with Chris, Chris Boucher and a bunch of G-leaguers against the Lakers earlier in this season, and I couldn't believe that they were able to play the Lakers that tough. Um, so I, I, I'll, I think I, I trust Nick Nurse. I trust Kyle Lowry to – you know, bring the leadership, even though Kyle uh, tends to struggle scoring wise in the in the postseason. Um, and I trust Pascal to be a do it, do everything, score and defend type of guy. And Pascal Siakam is the type of guy who can stick with Giannis for an entire series. If that if that matchup happens, um, whether it be in the Eastern Conference Finals or before then, uh, Pascal Siakam is the type of guy that can give Giannis fits, and I think he's ready to step into that you know, Kawhi Leonard-esque role. He's he's obviously not Kawhi, but he'll be able to step in and, and maybe give Giannis a, a good series, six or seven games. I'd have to agree with you. I think, honestly, you said you like the Sixers to match up with the Bucks the best. I think I would have the Raptors matching up with them even better just because of their, their bench unit. So I think, like you said, Pascal is probably one of the better matchups for Giannis in the East. You could argue that Ben Simmons is a slightly better one, but I think Pascal is just as good. And then when you get to the bench, the Bucks have like George Hill and Arison Ilyasova on their bench. And then the Raptors have guys like like Serge Ibaka if he doesn't start, or Marcus Saul, Fred Van Fleet, Chris Boucher, like OG. Like they have a solid, solid bench unit. And like you said, they're they've been there before. And then they have new rookies coming in, like Matt Thomas and Terrence Davis. And so I think that plus their elite coaching with Nick Nurtz, who came out of nowhere, he won a G League title and then managed to take a team. Granted, they had Kawhi Leonard, but still. <laughs> right. um, yeah, no, I think I, I'll agree with you there. I'll go contenders for the Raptors. I think they're they're outperforming expectations for a lot of people because people saw Kawhi leave and they just discounted them. But there's a lot of next up guys on that team ready to step up and take it to the next level. And and one more thing I'll add to that is just that, that with Nurse, he's not afraid to try new things. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, can't be overlooked as you head into the postseason. Uh, you know, the fact that he was willing to throw a box and one on Steph Curry in the finals. The fact that he let he ignited a 25-point comeback uh, by throwing in like a a Princeton full court press yeah. type of zone. Um, he, he's, he's willing to try new things. And if anything, in a potential matchup with Milwaukee, I could see him maybe throwing a lot of different defensive wrinkles at Giannis that would confuse and, and mess him up. 
Um, so I, I, I could see that going down. It, it, it would be a great matchup. I agree. I think that's going to be one of the better series. Okay, so we'll skip over the Celtics at three. So the Miami Heat, contenders or pretenders there? Got to go. Got to go pretender. Got to go pretender. You mentioned it a little bit earlier, but um, Jimmy Butler's their one superstar, and I think we already know what your ceiling is when Jimmy Butler's your best player. Um, I, I love Jimmy, love his competitiveness. We talk about the mama mentality over the last week or so um, and players adopting that. Jimmy is probably the best example mm-hmm. in the league of a guy who adopts the mama mentality. But at the, end of the, at the end of the day, Draymond Green said it best. You thought you was Kobe. Uh, Jimmy, you, you have the mentality, but you're just not Kobe. And, uh, you know, I, I love the team. Bam's played out of his mind. Shouts to him for making an all-star game. Tyler Hero's been unbelievable as a rookie, but they just don't have the top-end talent And uh, in a a postseason series against some of these top teams. It's going to be hard for them to find buckets. Um, You know, they have the potential to get hot. Uh, I think a lot of people have brought that up before. Um, You know, they they have such a hot and cold type of team. Uh, Guys like a Kendrick Nunn and like a Tyler Hero can heat up from three every now and then, and that could be the type of thing that wins you a playoff game you're not supposed to win, where guys are just on fire from downtown. But I, I'd have to say pretender. Can't see it happening. Can't really see them getting past the second round if they're able to win a first-round series. I'm going to agree with you there again. I think the big thing for me is they're just too young right now. Like, they don't have enough guys who've been used to it there. Like, even Jimmy, really, he's played in, what, maybe three playoff series, and he's won – I don't think he's won one. He won one with the Sixers last year, but other than that yeah. – he hasn't really been in those big, big moments. So even if they do manage to make a little bit of a run, I think the teams like Giannis, who's been there three years in a row, or even the Raptors, who won it all last year, would eliminate them solely on the fact that they know how to push through and keep fighting in those series. Like, you got guys like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and Kendrick Nunn, who have played out of their mind this season. But they're all rookies. Right. It's like the Celtics. Like, they're just not experienced enough to make a big run in the playoffs. Right. I got, got to give credit to Coach Spo again. The coaching's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spo continues to get the best out of young guys and get the best out of guys who aren't necessarily your superstars. So, uh, you know, props to him. For them to be number four in the East right now, would not have expected that coming into the year. But, yeah, I think they'll flame out uh, once April comes around. I agree. I'd say they're one of the bigger surprises in the league this year. So now we have an interesting case in the Indiana Pacers at the five seed. They just got Victor Oladipo back. So are they contenders or are they still pretenders to you? Gotta be, gotta be pretenders on the Pacers. Uh, love Vic. Uh, I love, I love what they're doing in Indiana, but there's, there's no way. Um, honestly, don't even know if they would be able to win a first round series. Uh, I'm just all the way out on the Pacers. Again, the high level talent just isn't there. Vic's still working, working his way back, obviously just coming back from injury this week. Um, I I can't see them really winning a playoff, a a playoff series really. Uh, But what do you, I mean, what do you think about the Pacers? See, I'm kind of of the opposite mindset to you. This is my thing. The last time we saw Victor Oladipo in a playoff series, what happened? He took LeBron James to seven <laughs> games. That's he sure what, did. Last year, he was hurt, and that's why the Celtics got a sweep. If Victor Oladipo wasn't hurt in that series, Pacers would have put up so much more of a fight, and as a Celtics fan, dare I say, they might have even won the series because we were not playing good basketball. But the last time Victor Oladipo was in the playoffs, he almost took LeBron to seven games. And the fact that the Pacers have been so good and so consistent without him this season terrifies me as a fan of a team in the East. Because Brogdon took the, took the next step. Sabonis is an all-star. Turner's playing elite defense. TJ Warren's playing insane basketball. And now you have your fucking three-time all-star back like that just scares me and I think they low-key could be contending in the east the only thing with me is I don't know who they have on their team that could effectively guard Giannis so I don't think they could go to the finals but I think they could potentially make it to the conference finals and face the Bucks. and and that's the thing that everybody's so packed in in the east um there really isn't a whole lot of separation once you get past Milwaukee uh, I could see I could see the Pacers giving some teams some trouble, but again, when it comes down to it, even with your Boston team, I would rather have Kemba, Tatum, and uh, Jalen Brown as my top three going against those guys in Indiana. Um, those three are more so, um, you know, all-star level talent, mm-hmm. and 
again, Vic is going to have to play his way back into rotation. His first night back, as expected, he starts out 0 of 6 from 3. Um, you're not, it's not surprising, but he's going to have to work his way back. I have no idea if he's going to be even ready for playoff level basketball come April and May. Um, it's just hard for me, hard for me to see them, uh, doing anything, but you know, I guess we'll see, but, uh, yeah, hard for me to see it. For sure. Then Vic, he did hit that clutch shot though. That, that got, that got me emotional. Mamba mentality, man. Mamba mentality. That was something else. Okay, so now we're going to move into the, like, 7 through 10 range. I'm going to discount the Pistons and the Hornets right now because I don't think they can do much. So I'm going to be talking about the, the four teams in the 7 through 10. And instead of talking about, like, contending for the championship, I'm just going to talk about contending for the playoffs. Like, do you think they'll make it or do you think they're just pretending? So we'll start with the Nets. Contending or pretending for the playoffs? Uh, man, I, I call Brooklyn home now. So I I, uh, I love I love BK. I love what they're doing uh culture wise in Brooklyn building that team and you know attracting the two free agents that they attracted uh but no uh I, so so playoff wise yes yes okay. if, we're, if we're just talking playoffs uh you know I, I think they're I think you know Kyrie sustaining an injury probably didn't help a lot but uh they've played well with Kyrie on the bench thus far this season yeah so yes I, I think the Nets will make the playoffs they'll probably sneak in right around where they're at seven or eight um, and they'll get Molly Watt in the first round. <laughs> uh, Spencer Dinwiddie uh, had the internet buzzing when he said he didn't want to play Giannis. But, I mean, I wouldn't want to play Giannis either. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, seven or eight seed for the Nets, sure. Uh, not much else uh, after that. Uh, probably get knocked out in the first round, as you might expect. And, uh, you know, next season is – I mean, everybody knows that about the Nets. Next season is what they're really looking towards. Oh, yeah. you, you make sure Kyrie's healthy with all the uh, nicks and bruises he's had now with the with the new sprained knee. And then, obviously, you're getting Kevin Durant back, your A++++ talent, two-time finals MVP. So, you know, next year is what you're really looking for with Brooklyn. For sure, for sure. I think they're, like you said, I think they're going to make the playoffs just because they have an all-star level talent in Kyrie. So I don't think I could see any of the other three guys taking them out. But my thing is, Celtics fan here, don't love Kyrie Irving. I think he <laughs> destroyed a little bit of the culture we built up with Isaiah Thomas, but we're bringing it back with Kemba. But um, I respect the hell out of the guy. He's a great, great basketball talent. He's insane what he did. That game he had the other night where he shot like 10 for 10 from the field in the first half, ridiculous. But, um... No, yeah, I don't think you can discount the Nets from the playoffs. My thing is, why are they benching Spencer Dinwiddie now? Like you're, like you said, you're from Brooklyn now. You like you live there. What are your thoughts on that? Like benching Spencer Dinwiddie after the season he's having? Really odd. Really odd. Yeah. Um, honestly, in my head, I pictured a lot more of Kyrie and Spencer on the floor together. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, to me, it's I, I you know they're, they're obviously going to be deferential to Kyrie um but I I guess I guess I would just put Spencer and Kyrie on the floor together more um especially since you you already know that uh you know you're not going anywhere you're not winning the championship Mm -hmm. this year why not experiment with these different types of lineups um and you know it's it remains to be seen what's going on behind the scenes there there are a lot of whispers that you know even though Spencer pretty much went hard to recruit Kyrie it hasn't worked out uh too well in the locker room um but you know that remains to be seen both of those guys are also huge Kobe stands so they've been Mm -hmm. going through an emotional week um but yeah I I would just love to see Brooklyn you know try to speed it up have fun uh put those two guys on the floor together um now now we don't know when Kyrie's gonna be coming back he'll be reevaluated in a week or so but um, put more the, put those two guys on the floor together, uh, let them spread the floor and go at it because you know you don't really have anything to lose. I got you. No, I would agree. I think next year if you roll out a lineup of Kyrie, Spencer, KD, maybe like Torian Prince and Jared Allen, that's gonna be dirty. Like that's gonna be a force to be reckoned with. Put KD on Giannis. That's a competing team right there. Okay, so next three in the standings, I'm just going to say them all at once because I feel like they're all fighting for the eight seed because I would agree with you that the Nets are probably going to make the playoffs. So you got the Magic, the Bulls, and the Wizards. So out of those three, who do you think is making the playoffs and which two do you think are falling out? My God, that's a cluster. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a cluster bleep right there. Um, 
I'll just have to stick with 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 who's in the eight spot right now, and that's Orlando. Okay. Um, you know, Chicago. I think the Wizards are an absolute uh, mess. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Bradley Beal has to be killing himself for sticking with Washington right now. I don't know uh, why he signed that extension, man. That was a bad move. Exactly. Uh, you know, he gets snubbed for for an All Star game that he uh, obviously deserved. Um, John Wall is who knows when John Wall will ever be himself, yep. and and he's got the biggest albatross contract in the league. <laughs> and I just feel for Bradley. Um, so I, you know, cross the Wizards off. I'd say cross the Bulls off too. Uh, way too young, not ready yet. Still don't have that guy at the top of the roster. Yep. Um, man, it would be really nice if they could have gotten somebody like a Zion Williamson in the draft because it would have taken things to the entire next level. But I'll stick with Orlando. Uh, they, they, uh, you know, snuck into the playoffs last season and gave uh, they gave Toronto a little bit of a scare. And uh, I think they'll think they'll uh, just stick right there at that eighth spot. Um, looking forward to seeing the homie Aaron Gordon in the dunk contest again in a couple of weeks. Oh yeah. I think he can make a run with that since Zach Levine's not there, but um, I'll have to agree with you on this one. The wizards are in a little two game win streak right now. They win a couple more. They're only right now. How many games back are they? They're only about three and a half games back. Yeah. They're not far out, but um, I think the injury bugs hitting them like Jordan McCray's out. That's the big issue with all three of these teams. Magic are missing Jonathan Isaac, which is huge. The Bulls just lost Laurie Markkinen, and the Wizards are just consistently losing so many little pieces that I think the Magic are just the better cohesive team at the moment. Like, they just have the most pieces enough to make it just work for enough for the eight-seed run. Um, the Bulls, before they lost Laurie, I was liking, they play great, great defense. If you ever got a chance to watch them, the Wizards are the opposite. They play great offense because Bradley Beal, but the Magic just have enough on both ends of the court where they can they can manage to squeak into the playoffs. Absolutely. I agree with you. Okay, and then I'm just going to discount the Pistons and the Hornets at this point. There's just, <laughs> I mean, the Pistons are a mess. They're looking to trade their best players, and the Hornets, no one ever thought they'd be this good. I'm impressed that the fact that they, they're just the 12 seed and not the 15 seed right now, honestly. Absolutely. Right. Um, also, get my man Ice Trey some help out in Atlanta. Oh, thanks. Gosh, uh, I mean, I, I, I do think I do think uh, the roster is getting there. Um, a lot of those guys are just young, and that's mm-hmm. the issue. Um, but want to get Trey some help. I think it's crazy that he's an All Star this year. I was I was of the notion that I I was borderline whether he should be or not just because his team was so bad. And last year, Devin Booker was in the same scenario where he was putting up great numbers on a horrible team, and he didn't make it, and he got snubbed again this year. And so Trey Young for All-Star was a little bit of a borderline thing for me, so the fact that he got a starter surprised me a lot. So let me get your quick thoughts on that, too. What do you think about Trey Young in the All-Star game? Um, Been a lot of talk about it this week. A lot of guys upset they're not getting in. Um, I, I do think there is a bit of inconsistency as it as it pertains to what's more important, your team success or your personal stats. I think at the end of the day, first of all, we, we got to remember that All-Star, what is it, like 50% now? It used to be all uh, the fan voting was just all that mattered for the All-Star starter. But I think it's like a 50% breakdown now. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm of the belief that going back historically that we should keep the starters at, with the fan vote. It's who the, it's who we want to see. Uh, these tickets for the All Star Game are ridiculously expensive. Um, people want to see an exhibition. They want to see guys flying high, shooting threes, dunking, alley oops. So just uh, keep it fun. I really don't even like the fact that they added in some coach vote and some media vote to the All Star starters. Let it be a, a fun game where the fans get to see who they want to see, and the fans wanted to see Trey, so you know, gotta let him, gotta let him cook. Um, I think as it pertains to Devin and Bradley Beal, um, I could see why people would be upset that they didn't get into the All Star mm-hmm. game, but um, I do, I do tend to put winning ahead of stats most of the time. Uh, if anybody knows me, uh, by the way, follow me at all day underscore AJ King on Twitter. For sure. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to put winning over stats. Um, and I know the coaches that voted for the all-star reserves are always going to put winning and team success over stats, even though sometimes it isn't fair. So uh, I guess at the end of the day, 
Um, I wish we didn't put as much emphasis on all-stars and on all-star games when it comes to a player's legacy. Uh, I thought about that the other day with, uh, you know, obviously uh, the passing of, of the great Kobe Bryant, um, how we look back on, when we look back on players' legacies, that's one of the things we say. We say, oh, 18-time all-star, uh, LeBron, oh my God, 16-time all-star. We, we look at that. And I, I guess that's the one thing I just wish we didn't put so much emphasis on it because you're you're leaving out a guy like a Devin Booker this year. That's the thing I feel bad about. He's He's having an amazing season, but he doesn't get acknowledged for it because everyone around him is sorry. And, um, you know, as the great Bomani says, just because we're sorry doesn't mean I'm sorry. So, uh, you know, feel bad for those guys. But at the end of the day, I think Trey deserved it. He's having a great year and he just happened to get the benefit of the doubt with the fan vote. I respect that opinion. I think Trey Young's definitely putting up the stats. He's having an amazing season. He just doesn't have the help. The thing with Devin Booker is I think a lot of people are upset with the fact that Brandon Ingram got in over him because the Suns are currently better than the Pelicans and Booker's putting up better stats. So that I think that was the big uh, hoorah in the West, why people were mad. But um, anyways, we'll get back to contending and pretending. So for the West, I'm going to say that the Lakers and the Clippers are very clearly contenders at this point because they have all the star power. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So we'll just start with the other teams then. So the Nuggets... What's your thoughts, contending or pretending? This is great, man. I finally get a platform to talk about uh, the the wonderful and exciting Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely contenders to me. Um, and I've been saying this since, since the start of the year. I think the Nuggets are the dark horse to win the NBA championship this year. Um, I know. Uh, and, and a lot of people haven't really uh, been in on them that heavy. Um, but I, I love I love the way the team's put together. Um, I think the issue that I see that I see most with the Nuggets is them dealing with length. Uh, the Clippers and the Lakers both present huge issues up front with their length, especially a guy like Anthony Davis who ate Nikola Jokic alive mm-hmm. when they went head to head this season. Um, but at the end of the day, Nikola's uh, one of the best players in the league. Obviously, I, like we were talking about earlier, he's he's on the All Star team. Uh, his passing is unbelievable. His court vision. And he's adding the three ball to that. He's the total package. And I love Jamal Murray. I think he's poised for a breakout. I thought, and obviously the, the Nuggets were, if Jamal Murray doesn't completely crap the bed in game seven last season, they would be, they would have been in the Western Conference Finals. I think that experience helps them. Uh, Jokic is, gonna, is, is more experienced from that too. Uh, had an amazing two series last season. Uh, put up 26 and 26 and 10 uh, in the 14 playoff games he played. So I love the team. I love the fact that they're deep. I love their guard play. Uh, if they're hitting threes, they're really tough to beat. Uh, and obviously Jokic anchoring everything down low. Uh, I love the Nuggets. think they're a contender. I think they have an outside chance uh, if the Lakers and Clippers don't get some of the issues they have cleaned up because nobody's been perfect in the West this year. It's been a, it's been another big cluster. I think the Nuggets could potentially uh, scare the Lakers and Clippers and maybe even make it to the finals. Looking at their stats and everything they're doing, I'm going to have to low-key agree with you there. Like, the Nuggets are such a unique team in the NBA. Like, they run through their big men, and I guess you could say teams like the Timberwolves and the Sixers do that too. But the Nuggets do it in such a way where Jokic can facilitate the ball so well and just run the offense from the paint that I think it provides a really great way of winning basketball games. Like you have guys on the wings ready to cut and shoot and do all this like off-ball movement while Jokic is working in the post against the opposing bigs. So like you said, I think it'll come down to their three-point shooting. Like you got Murray, Harris, and Jokic, I guess right now, struggling a little bit from three, shooting around 32% each. But then if you can get them to shoot like 35 or 40% in the playoffs even, they're going to be a really, really difficult team to beat. Because then they still got guys off the bench like Porter Jr. who's shooting great from three and having a great season. And Will Barton and Jeremy Grant who can play elite defense. I think I'm going to go contending too. The Nuggets are a dark horse. Like you said, they're, a lot of people sleep on them because they don't have the quote-unquote super, superstar talent, even though Jokic should be considered that at this point. They don't have the guy that everyone in the NBA knows. But Nuggets are just an all-around great basketball team. And I think they – I parallel them to the Heat a little bit, except these guys have experience and the Heat don't. 
Big, uh, big, big key factor you mentioned there is Michael Porter Jr. If he mm-hmm. can come off the bench and give them a solid 15, 20 minutes in the postseason, uh, that, that'll be a huge boost. And uh, again, I think the, the biggest thing that's been the most frustrating about the Nuggets is the fact that Murray uh, and Gary Harris haven't turned into those. I, I, I uh, had high expectations for those two thought they could be a splash brothers light mm-hmm. and they haven't quite been that yeah but uh but at the same time if they heat up and uh they're gonna get open shots because the jokers are gonna find them they can they can give a lot of teams issues i got you i would agree okay so next this is kind of like my dark horse team in the in the west this year the utah jazz big fan right here what are your thoughts uh the jazz uh, i mean see i i have to go i have to go pretender okay. with the jazz i'm sorry no, they, you're good. Uh, go ahead explain uh it's the scoring to me Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know where their crunch time scoring is going to come from uh donovan mitchell has been and again still young but he's Mm -hmm. been incredibly frustrating to watch in the postseason the last few years um still don't think and he he's another guy that comes from the mamba mentality mold Mm -hmm. but still don't think him isoing late in games is going to be where they go for uh go to same thing with mike conley um I, they struggled early in the season obviously they picked it up uh lately and they moved into fourth place in the west but conley uh doesn't seem to fit them very well uh he's he's not a scorer he's not the type of guy you're gonna go to at the end of games um and i just don't know where they, they, they stay in games because they play elite defense but I just don't know where they're going to go to at the end of a series uh, or at the end of a, at the end of a game in the postseason to uh, to get a big bucket. So that that's my reservation with the Jazz. It's just hard for me to see them really contending, and especially against the top teams in the West: your Lakers, your Clippers, your Nuggets. Can't see it happening, really. I got you. I respect that. So I'm going to spit a few facts to you right now. So the Jazz are 16th in points per game, so I understand what you mean. They have a little little trouble getting the ball in the basket. However, in field goal percentage, they are 5th, and in 3-point percentage, they are 1st. They're shooting 80, 38.7% from behind the line, which is a franchise record this season because I did a little research on them when I was writing another article. So Donovan Mitchell is averaging 25, and Bohan Don... Sorry. Bohan Bogdanovich is averaging 21.2 points this season. They have, and then they just traded for Jordan Clarkson, who's averaging 15. They got scorers on their team now. Last year, they were filled with, like, I'm trying to think, like Royce O'Neal, who could play great defense, (laughs) and that's it. But now they went out and got Bohan. They went out and got Clarkson. They got Emmanuel Moutier, who doesn't score the ball well, but he can facilitate off the bench. They just got guys on their roster who can put the ball in the basket now. And like like I said before, they still have like Royce O'Neal and Joe Ingles who can still play the defense that their team is known for. So in my opinion, I think they finally found a way to mesh that defensive mindset they're known for for the past two years with some offense coming in. Because like Bohan Bogdanovich isn't the best defender. Jordan Clarkson isn't the best defender. But then you pair them up with like Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell and Royce O'Neal, you got a good balanced team. And so I think that team's going to be dirty in the playoffs, especially when you you look at the standings. They're going to match up against actually it's kind of like the east man like four through seven is gonna be tough matchups for whoever gets there so the jazz are probably unless they manage to get the two seed and face the thunder they're gonna end up facing the rockets and the mavericks which is gonna be tough but i honestly think the jazz should get out of the first round solely on their elite defense and then past that scoring like they got that they got the defense i'm gonna call them contenders right now well, here's my issue, and 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 uh, I'll actually I'll actually weave this into the next team in the standings. Mm-hmm. We'll probably talk about, and that's the Rockets. Got you. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, didn't didn't show out well against the Rockets last season in, in the postseason. My issue is what happens when they're up against the Rockets uh, and Harden's, you know, going to the line fifteen to twenty times a game, and they really need to knock down those threes. Are the palms going to get sweaty? Are they going to perform in the postseason? I just haven't seen it. Love Bogdanovich. That addition has been amazing. Um, he's always been a three-point sniper. And, you know, Joe Ingles has always been a three-point sniper too. But that was the biggest issue last season in that series was they were just cold from downtown. And uh, if if you're relying on Donovan Mitchell to to be your guy down the stretch, 
it's hard for me to see them beating a team like the Rockets in the first round. Now, if they, it, it is all about matchups. If they end up matched up with a team like Dallas, that's where you're saying, oh, maybe they can stick with them. Maybe they can find a way to slow Luka down, and then the rest of the Mavericks roster isn't as potent. But, uh, you know, uh, that, that, would be, that would be my issue. But how are you feeling about the Rockets? I think they're squarely on the bubble of contender and pretender. I know a lot of people think that they can potentially, again, with this being a down year in the West and they're not being one team head and shoulders above everyone, people are thinking the Rockets can maybe make it to the finals finally. How are you feeling about them? My thing is, the Rockets have two of the best regular season performers the NBA has ever seen. <laughs> Emphasis on regular season performers Absolutely. here. Like, Russell Westbrook, more so than James Harden, just can't get it done in the playoffs, man. Like, he was doing it great with uh, Kevin Durant, which, low-key, actually, now that I think about it, when he was the second option on a team, except for last year with Paul George, but Paul George has never really... Um, Actually, Paul George went to the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I got no excuses for Russell Westbrook anymore. I was about to say, like, <laughs> with KD on his team, he made it to the Finals. Maybe with Harden on his team, he can make it to the Finals because he's never played with another, another superstar. But Paul George went head-to-head head head with LeBron James like three years in a row. So, yeah, Russell Westbrook, man, just struggles in the playoffs. So does James Harden, though. Like, I, I don't know. Like, there's been so many questions on if they can work together in the regular season. And then you take it to the postseason where they both struggled throughout their careers. So it's just tough for me to call them true contenders when we haven't seen either of them really show out in the playoffs. Like, James made it to the Western Conference Finals, yeah, but then he choked. Like, he shot, what, 0 for 20 from 3 in the Western Conference Finals Game 7? Like, I, it's just tough for me to call them true contenders, even though I, they, I think they have the good talent and even good depth this year with, like, Ben McLemore on that team and P.J. Tucker. It's just tough for me to call them real contenders with the struggles they've had in the playoffs. Yeah, there, there's so many issues with the Rockets that you can point to. Um, even even their depth, uh, D'Antoni is uh, he's synonymous with cutting the cutting the rotation down to seven or eight guys and playing his guys to death once the postseason comes. Um, we've seen James Harden, like you said, not show up in big games. I love to call him Small Game James. He when when the moment gets big, it, is he going to show up? Even even in Game Six. Uh, in their own arena with a chance to send it to game seven last season against the Warriors without Kevin Durant. Harden had a, had a decent game, 35 points shot decently, but in the final five minutes, he was nowhere to be found. Uh, If you look at the stat sheet, you'd say, wow, he he played well. It wasn't his fault this time. But if you actually watch the game, Mm -hmm. he was nowhere to be found. Curry was lighting it up. Curry and Draymond Green went on 10 straight pick and rolls where they just torched Houston over and over and over again. Is that going to be the same thing this season? Is Harden going to just put up stats or is he actually going to make impact? Is when they double and triple team Harden, because that's been obviously a thing that that a lot of teams have employed this season, when they double Harden and force him to give it up, is Russ going to get to the basket? Is he going to make the right decision or is he going to hoist up a terrible three that he'll most likely brick? So the Rockets, they, they have to prove it. I don't think anybody really believes in them. Um, Harden is leading the league in scoring and you rarely ever hear his name in MVP talks. And it's all because we've seen this act over and over and over again. Yep. And at some point they have to get it done in the postseason. So, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, they're, they're squarely on the bubble for me. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I lean towards, I lean towards Pretender. Um, can't, see, can't see them beating the, the Clippers or the Lakers in a series, especially with that LeBron AD pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be lethal come, come May. I'd agree with you there. They're one of the teams I'd love to see win something because I'd love to see James and Russ get a ring or whatever. But I, like you said, they're on the bubble. They have to prove it to me. So next you got the Mavericks. Luka Doncic, one of the best, one of my favorite players to watch. He's just so fun. What do you think about them? Man, Luka is so much fun to watch, mm-hmm. isn't he? Uh, it, it, you know, a lot of people have compared him to James Harden, and I see I see the comparison a little bit. He's got the step-back game. Uh, you know, a, a little bit of the the slow motion type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that was one of my criticisms of his game coming into the league. I said, how is this guy who seems like he's playing in slow motion all the time going to score against NBA defenders? 
And, you know, it's the same type of way James gets it done. He's crafty. He gets around you. He just knows how to score. He's got pro moves. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes that's more important than your quickness. So, yeah, Luca's so much fun to watch. Um, He, I think he is the type of guy who could elevate a team in the first round. Um, So, you know, I'll I'll say this. I'll say they're pretenders, but I do think they had the chance to maybe win a first-round series. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe – uh, if things break the right way, they can they can uh, challenge in a second round series, yeah, make the Western yeah. Conference Finals. But I wouldn't say they're they're title contenders. They're they're a couple years away. Lucas still has a couple more leaps he can take, which is unbelievable to even think about. It's crazy, um, because to me, he's a top five MB, uh, MVP candidate this season in his second year in the league, and uh, he's got a couple more steps he can take, and then they'll have to continue to build the roster around him. Um, I, I like what they're I like what they're doing though. Um, it, it, it's been a while since we since we saw uh, that Dirk Nowitzki championship team in 2011, and this seems like the first time the Mavericks are starting to build back towards that. Mm-hmm. So continuing to um, continuing to surround him with shooters, uh, you know, obviously picking up Seth Curry this season was great, uh, and continuing to surround him with shooters will will uh, continue to help Luca in the future. Yeah, I agree. I think picking up Willie Cauley-Stein in a trade from the Warriors was a great move, too, especially because Dwight Powell went out, which is huge because he's such a good contributor for that team. But Willie Cauley-Stein, look, he's just a great NBA basketball player who can get it done in the post, get the rebounds, get the blocks. He's just a solid, like, good bench center or even starting center if you need him to be. And if the uh, the West shapes up like it is right now, like the Lakers at one and the Clippers at three, and they have to end up facing each other in the second round instead of the conference finals, I think the Mavericks and Luka could low-key make a run to the finals. We, we've never seen playoff basketball from Luka before, but he won it all in Europe. He won the EuroLeague, so I, that, that's got to prove something to me like more so than some of the other teams. So I like them to low-key make a run if they don't have to face the Clippers or the Lakers in round two. They could make it to the Western Conference finals, but past that, I'm not seeing it this season. Then we have the Oklahoma City Thunder. This just crazy. They're half a game behind the Mavericks and one game behind the Rockets. They've established themselves as, in my opinion, a definite playoff team this season. <clears throat> the real question is, how far can they go? What do you think? Surprise of the season for me, at mm-hmm. least out of the West. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought they, I thought they would be in the bottom half. Uh, right at the top of the lottery fighting for the you know a top five pick for sure but chris paul's been electric this season i think i think shea gilgis alexander is taking a leap never i i have to another one i was just wrong about i mean i i said a little bit earlier about luca um i don't think i thought luca was going to be bad but i didn't think he was going to be a superstar Mm -hmm. i didn't think shea Shea gilgis alexander was going to be this good especially offensively uh, just didn't see it. Um, and a lot of times guys that are, are at Kentucky under coach Cal don't get to show their full offensive game. It's the same thing with Devin Booker, Devin Booker averaged like 10 points and came off the bench at Kentucky. So we would have never seen him turning into a, a primetime scorer. So, uh, I think their backcourt's been amazing. I think they've been a great story this season. Don't, I mean, I don't see them making much of a run. Mm-hmm. Right now, if, if the playoffs started today, they'd be matched up with the Clippers. I, I can't say I, I could see them winning a playoff series against any of the top three or four teams in the West. So uh, I, I think it's it'll be a fun story. They'll probably lose the lose a first round series in four or five. But at the end of the day, I, I think it's still been you know a learning experience for the team. They're very young, obviously. Um, you know, Chris Paul, I'm sure, has been great for the young guys on that team, getting that experience. And, uh, you know, the, the the thing about them is getting to the playoffs this year doesn't hurt them because they have so many draft picks stacked yeah, up uh, after that Paul George trade. They're set up for the future. Uh, I've, I've criticized Sam Presti a lot. I felt like he wasted having three MVPs on his team. Uh, I feel like they – it, it was a big disservice to to the fan base to not uh, cash in on having Durant and Westbrook and not paying Harden is still something I'm sure he regrets. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, they're set up for the future, uh, and, and they're in a good position as a franchise as they move forward. 
I agree. I think they're in one of the best positions as a franchise as any team in the NBA. I'll agree with you this year, though. I think they're pretenders, obviously. I don't think they have the talent to compete with the top teams like the Lakers and the Clippers. But I think Sam Presti low-key pulled a Danny Ainge here with trading his best superstars for an astounding amount of picks. Like, he got, what, like Ridiculous eight, eight first-round picks for two guys? Like, that's insane. That's that's the level of picks like Danny Ainge got for Garnett and Paul Pierce. Like, we got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown out of that, and who knows what Sam Presti is going to get out of these picks he traded Russell Westbrook and Paul George for. And on top of that, like, the, the year after the Celtics traded it, all their top players, we sucked, and then we were like, okay, and then we got better. Thunder are just good again. Like, it's crazy to see how they managed to pull it off like pull off a trade for all these um all these picks and still get Chris Paul who's an all-star again which I think that just <laughs> proves that like having Harden be the primary ball handler just doesn't work for Chris Paul. He needs to be in the role where he's a primary ball handler in order for his team to succeed. Absolutely. Uh I mean, yeah, C- CP uh he's shown that he still has something left in the tank. I thought for sure that he mm-hmm. was on on his way down on the decline and he showed that he still he still has something left to get in the league, which is nice to see. Um, and he was able to, you know, show show that uh, just being the the second option, second fiddle to Harden wasn't necessarily the best fit for him. I agree. So moving down, so now we're at the like the eight through twelve range. Like I think the Thunder are locked <laughs> for the playoffs. Then these next like what is it? One, two, three, four, five teams all have a chance of making the playoffs. So I'm just gonna list them all out, and you're gonna tell me which one of the five you think is gonna make it. So we got the Grizzlies at eight right now. Then the Blazers, the Spurs, the Suns, and the Pelicans. So out of those five teams, who do you see sneaking into that eight seed? What a, another cluster bleep, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Eight. Hey, uh, uh, shouts out to John Morant, man. I, yeah. I have to give him, uh, got to give him some love. Uh, he's again, Mamba mentality. I'll keep that going as a theme. RIP Kobe. Um, it's been about a week now. Still can't believe it. Still miss Kobe. Still thinking about the families, uh, outside of just the Bryants that, that, uh, were affected by that too. I mean, uh, so many lives lost. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I'll give a shout out to John Morant. I think he, he brings the mama mentality on the court, and he's going to be a, a star for years to come. Mm-hmm. But uh, right now, out of that group, I'd, I'd probably have to say Portland is poised to make a playoff run. Yep. Obviously, Dame Lillard is in a zone. He's some, insane right now. He, he's in a zone unlike anything I've seen in a long time. Um, he almost reminds me of like a 2016 Steph Curry right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, yeah. there's some ridiculous stat where he's shooting like 50 or 60 percent on 30 footers right now this season uh and in the last five games he's averaging something like 48 10 and 10 yep. it's like he's he's put up 51 48 36 50 and 47 and then the game before that 61 so unbelievable i tell you what uh, he, something to look out for. If they sneak in at the eight or the seven, or even make a run and get all the way up to to the six spot or something yeah. like that, they can give somebody trouble. That's a team that can yeah. give somebody trouble. You're talking about two elite scorers in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about a guy in Dame Lillard who's on a rampage and ready to cut your throat out, and uh, and seems to also be really dedicating the last uh quarter or so of the season to Kobe Bryant. Uh so I, I'm I'm looking forward to them. I think they're they're the team that's poised to sneak into that last playoff spot. And then um obviously they beat the Lakers the other night. I don't know if they can hang with them in a seven game series in May, but Dame Lillard is scary. And if he's healthy, um I think I think it's pretty well documented now that he wasn't quite himself in the Western Conference finals last season against the Warriors and you know obviously they bowed out in a sweep if he's healthy uh and and CJ's healthy they they can give anybody trouble in the west so I'd say watch out for them Uh, I agree couldn't agree more I think this uh Spurs are having, playing great the Grizzlies are having a surprising season then you got the Pelicans with Zion but Damian Lillard's just determined to make that playoff spot like he's not going to give that up and low-key hear me out here they can get up like you said to the sixth seed could he have a chance at the MVP? Currently, he's averaging like 30 points, four rebounds, and eight assists on 46 and 40% splits. Like, that's insane. Unbelievable. He's having a run like Harden did last year when he put up like 30 and 20 straight games. Like, that's Lillard this season. Like, he's playing just out of his mind, like 
putting this whole Blazers team on his back. And then, like you said in the playoffs, I don't know when Nurkic is supposed to come back, but if he can come back come playoff time, Zach Collins come back, like Rodney Hood, they could make a run. And uh, and again, I got gotta continue to point out that it's amazing to do that at his size. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, from the point guard position, from a guy who's six one or six two, and uh, be able to put up these ridiculous scoring games is insane. Uh, uh, I, I've I've said it earlier this week. I think he's he's making the NBA fun again. We've had so many guys banged up with injury. No Curry. No Durant. No Clay Thompson. Uh, we don't have a super team that's been just excellent every night, running through everybody, but. Dame has been the guy who said, I'm going to put the team, this team on my back. And also he, he seems to be trying to put the league on his back and, and just make things fun again. He's, he's putting up crazy numbers. Um, I'm sure Kobe's smiling down, uh, happy mm-hmm. about that, man. And uh, so we, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Looking forward to Dame on the pack half of this season after the All-Star break. And um, MVP-wise, uh, crazier things have happened. Crazier yep. things have happened, but I do think Giannis has that locked up at this point. Yeah, for sure. I think Giannis is going to win that 100%, but it's just fun to speculate who else could get in there. So, yeah, that, that goes over every team. Um, Kings, Timberwolves, Warriors, get out of here. No chance. Sorry, guys. Like, get <laughs> a- cats amen. and hope, but... Amen. The Warriors have tanked it out perfectly, man. They'll get Steph and Clay back healthy. Uh, you know, pa- Eric Pascal's been... Uh, a, su- a surprise, but he's been a fun surprise this season. And then you're you're talking about adding a top pick, or maybe even being able to package a top five pick with D'Angelo Russell to get another superstar. Uh, you know, it, it's it's on the horizon. So the the Warriors are going to be back uh, dominating people pretty soon. I agree. They're going to get like a center or someone and be great. And I was looking at win streaks. The Blazers are on a four game one, but going back to the East for a second, like Raptors are on a ten game win streak. I just thought that was scary, but um. <laughs> anyways i think that about wraps it up we talked about every team so yeah uh anything you want to plug before we end it uh hey man uh just yeah just follow me all social uh but especially twitter all day underscore aj king uh uh yeah, actually follow me on instagram sketch culture uh follow everything imagine media uh that's what i've been doing out here in brooklyn so uh yeah just support and support great basketball man uh Support women's basketball because that's what Kobe would have wanted. Um, and uh, yeah, just just uh, and at this time, just uh, show love to the people that you love. Uh, Jay Williams said it best: uh, "Let shit go," because uh, it's not that serious. Um, don't don't live with beef and don't live with hate in your heart. Uh, live with love because that's what Kobe and Gianna would have wanted. Yeah, man, all of AJ's stuff's going to be in the description of this podcast, and I'm going to put it in the tweet that I tweet this out in, so make sure to follow him everywhere. And yeah, thanks for listening to From the Rafters. See you guys next time.